Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and back with me after a week apart is Zach Mabry. Zach, happy feast day of St. Thomas Aquinas. Thank you, thank you. Happy feast day of the Angelic Doctor to you as well. It's, uh, that... There is no saint of the week at the end. This is the saint of the week. So just, yes, you know. St. Thomas. That's our... That's Everything our, good that we've said about a saint applies to St. Thomas, uh, unless we described them as um, being a bishop or a woman or a martyr or... I guess a lot of things don't apply specifically <laughs> to St. Thomas, but all of the best qualities in in many of the saints are... Um, sort of perfected in St. Thomas and they're, you know, well, you shared that interesting fact with me about, because St. Thomas, if you read Thomas, I was just about to say Augustine. That. Yeah. Okay. Tell the, tell the listeners. So what you told me, the time from St. Augustine's death up until St. Thomas's birth is longer than the time from St. Thomas's death up until right now. So we're closer in history to St. Thomas Aquinas than St. Thomas Aquinas was to St. Augustine, which is very weird to think about because they're always kind of linked. It's Yeah, so like if you were on a basketball court and you put, you know, St. Thomas right at like, I was about to say the 50-yard line because that's how tired I am. Sure. <laughs> um, so, and then on on either side, you put us, you know, our time and St. Augustine. Mm. that we would be closer to St. Thomas than St. Augustine was. Right, so the difference, St. Augustine died in 430 A.D., and St. Thomas was born in 1225, so that's 795 years difference. Mm -hmm. And it is currently 2018. St. Thomas died in 1274, which is 744 years difference. Now... I I didn't know a ton about St. Thomas and St. Augustine until recently. I still don't know a ton about them, I'm not going to lie. But for a while, I always kind of thought of them as contemporary. contemporaries. What's that mm-hmm. word? You like, you know, two, two, guys that were, two guys that were kind of around in the same time doing the same thing. But no, they were very much not in the same time. Yeah, you picture them like getting coffee in God's teacher's lounge and stuff, but yeah, um, no, yeah. Are... Well, but that so that's that's how orthodoxy works. If you're an Orthodox Catholic, you have peers all over the world and all throughout time. Um, sure. If you're a heretic, if you're a modernist, um, you can you can build all the bridges you want, but you'll be very lonely when you zoom out and look at history because your ideas are not going to, you know, they're new, they're novel, they have no basis, they're going to be, you know, they're not going to hand off. It always sort of, you know, like the Jansenists were so certain that they had it, and there are no longer any self-proclaimed Jansenists. So it's, orthodoxy is a very, when it feels right now like there's nobody, you know, I mean, there's people, but when you feel like, wow, like nobody actually buys into this stuff like right. am i crazy you've got a lot you're in much better company and there are much more people that believe what you believe even if right now 
the sort of, you know, you can't just specifically heretic, but like all of these sort of non-Orthodox, um, if they're, even if they outnumber Orthodox believers now, um, there's nobody even 50 years ago that has substantially similar beliefs to them. So they're still, they're the sort of lonely ones from that perspective. And if you want to tweet us about all this stuff, you can tweet us at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach at Zach Mabry, Z-A-C Mabry. Email us podcast at romancircusblog.com. Find us on iTunes where you can rate and review us, or you can just go to the Crunch Podcast and rate and review them and say how great we are. Affecting affecting our rate and reviewing, not at all, but we still appreciate the kind words. Someone actually did that, went to a different podcast and said that we were his favorite podcast. So, you know. It was, it was kind of nice. So the Crunch is an awesome podcast. Um, a lot of people that do young adult Catholic stuff in Dallas that I know have all heard of the crunch and love it. So it is a great podcast, but yeah, like you said, someone did, they went and reviewed the crunch and as part of their review, they said, you know, I learned about the Roman circus podcast because I listened to you and that's my favorite podcast. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, he, that that person, and we appreciate, what was that? What was her name? I don't remember, but that person has not rate, rated or reviewed our podcast. Well, we will remember your name, and we will give you a shout-out if you just do our... But yeah, no, that and person they will be our name. crunch of the week. Yes. No, I, I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I wonder if like, when you told me about it. I was about to ask, like, did you do that? Yeah. Um, but it was not us. You can and, also uh, find us on Podbean, it. Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play. Sorry. I just wanted to finish that. I tried to tell that I tried to tell that to someone on Thursday and I was like, We're on um all these other podcast things like pod either beam or bean and um one of them about making clothing. And they, they <laughs> didn't really understand. So but I'm really glad that we're published all over the place. Known far and wide. Far and uh, did wide. Did you win any Academy Awards this year, Matt? Uh we all we all won the Academy Awards. No, um I came up Empty again for the, you know, what is this, the 90th Oscars for the 90th year in a row. Yeah, there's something fishy about this year's Oscars, and I <laughs> put my... Oh, God. Welcome back to the podcast. I know. Amazing. Yeah, we actually did kind of watch it and make fun of it somewhat, um, knowing that, like, and I mean, sorry if you're our listeners, but people just like live and die for these awards Mm. and so it's always funny to like i don't know i guess just sort of tune in and there were a few things i was i was like yeah no that was that was actually quite you know some good normally the single element awards i'm always sure for like sound mixing or whatever because i'm like no i sat in that movie and the sound was actually good do you know the difference between sound mixing and sound editing um, I, so I said mixing specifically cause I thought it would make me sound smarter right. than just saying like sound or editing since that's obviously easier to remember, but no, what is, do you know? No, no one knows. Oh, I think it, it's a, something we all just say. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. It's like 
the academies, it's one of their secrets. Mm-hmm. It's like they're like a secret society. So like once you become initiated, they teach you the definition of uh, mixing versus editing, and then um, they show you where like you know everyone's uh, old old celebrities you know bodies are hidden or something. I don't know. Yeah. So one is. One is the overall mix of the film sound design. The other is for sound effects added in post-production. So, there you have it. Yeah. BB-8, man. Yeah. Um, well, that's pretty cool. But you mentioned well, about... I was about to ask you how your tax season is going, but you are not... That's where I'm at at this point. I assume everybody's going through uh, a tax season, but uh, you are, in fact not an accountant so it's you're not living and breathing taxes but the other thing that we're certain about besides taxes they say is uh death right yeah i was gonna say you you had a that was a terrible lead-in i apologize everyone we're not editing it out you had a decent one earlier when you said that for the oscars people really live and die for these things Uh, i didn't even I didn't see. I didn't even think of that. that was, I set that up for myself, and I totally blew it. That was a pretty good one, but yeah. And now Elton John is going to sing a beautiful song about death. That's my intro to this. That only really one person listening might understand where that's from. That's a pretty good percentage of the. Uh, mm-hmm. Just kidding. Fifty percent uh-huh. of our listeners. Um, yeah. yeah so. Let's talk about death. It's great. It's going to happen to all of us. It's like the it's like the number one thing we all love talking about. Oh, yeah. No, I'm constantly just like death, 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 mm-hmm. death. No, um you know what's funny is people talk about, you know, that we're sort of in right now the, you know, the culture of death and that was very concerning to Pope St. John Paul II mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons that we have a pro-life movement and it's it's part of the basis for why um, you know, Pope St. John Paul you know, he affirmed the church's teaching that, you know, the death penalty is, is an option for the state to employ but that at this time it should not be done because there's so much of a culture of death that, you know, if we can do anything to encourage people to appreciate life this is a step so um so yeah it's important but the thing about the culture of death that that i never really realized and people until it was pointed out to me is that part of it is that you never see death Hmm. like people used to be sort of surrounded with it you know you had some relative aging and, and dying basically at home right you you knew more people that that sort of maybe died either younger or you know people. So death was a, something you actually confronted. Well, now we really don't. Like you know, you kind of just you know people kind of go to the hospital out of sight, out of mind. You know, I mean, it, it's not. Um, in a lot of ways, it's not something that you actually have to ever think about for the most part. Right. And, I've I've actually never witnessed anyone die in front of me, so. No, yeah, I haven't either. I mean, I did watch Mariah Carey's uh, 2017 New Year's Eve performance, and mm-hmm. that was about as close as I've been to seeing someone die in front of me. Sure. Um, but 
And then, of course, the Wicked Witch of the West. But that's, I don't think that's how it always works. Do all people's feet um, just shrivel up and slide under a building? Isn't that what happened? Um, well, that would be the Wicked Witch of the East. Oh, sure. So the Wicked Witch of the West was um, melted. Hey, man, I'm no Broadway scholar. I didn't see Wicked. I've also never seen Wicked, and it's because the music for it does not sound good at all. Okay. Um, but I want to so that I can be cool with everyone. But it doesn't, mm. it just does not, you know. I just want to see Lion King again if I ever go, you know, and see another show. That was the one. Uh, I, I saw that last year. That was fun. It's so good. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so, yeah. but no, yeah, we're, we're not really confronted. Dies. There we go. There we go. What? Um, we're still on topic. Mufasa dies. We're still on topic. There you go. So Which we're not confronted with death a bunch, but it doesn't mean that death isn't any less prevalent in everyday life. Um, yes. It, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you and I know that a fourth of our generation, you know, had death before they had birth. Um, so yes, I mean, there's still death. All over, and, and you know, we are fighting. You know, I'm, I don't know if I can keep count of how many different uh, wars all over the world. So yeah, I mean, there's, it's just that we don't really see it where we're at, and so we kind of go along. And then once we are confronted with it, I think it can be kind of um, overwhelming or kind of something you don't want to think about or talk about, you right. know. And then I guess now you can go purchase one in Holland and stuff. So. Um, Dying has changed a lot, and I've, I've seen a t- like reporting on that in you know the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times about how death is totally different now. Especially this concept of you just sort of go to the hospital and then um, you know at some point later, the end. There used you know it used to be done at home, um, so it's good to just do a refresher, and um, it's something that we'll all do. So it's not really going to be a surprise. Uh, and you know, we being ready for it is actually a peaceful thing. Um, and of course I'm forgetting her name, which I feel terrible. Uh, one of the Twitter nuns does this excellent job reminding people to remember their death. It's, and she uh, reckon, yeah, I'll, I'll look her up. Sister Alethea? Is it Alethea? Yeah. I, I don't think I know how to pronounce her name and I feel bad. It's worth looking up because everyone should just go follow her because, Besides the fact that she's just a, a genuinely nice person, mm-hmm. she also has like a killer message. Everyone, I mean, <laughs> no pun intended, but you know, she's big that you know have a what's called a memento mori, right? Um, have yeah. have a memento mori of some sort that you see. And Sister you know, the one Teresa, she recommended was a school. Sister Teresa Alethea. What's that Twitter handle? At pursued by truth. At pursued by truth, okay, yeah, and that's spelled out in the English language. It's not like, yeah, it's p p u r s u e d b y t r u t h. Okay, so it's not like a uh, a three for an e type thing. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, like my Wi-Fi password. Um. So, yeah. So she talks about that. You know, having a skull on on your desk and you just kind of look at it and it's just a skull mm-hmm. and it shifts she writes about her experience of of doing this and of seeing it every day and it really does shift your 
focus. And it's in a way that is, is probably very healthy because when something comes up or you think about something and then you remember that, you know, at some point, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to die. You can get greased, you know, tomorrow. Right. Um, you, you shift what you worry about and why. And, you know, I, I imagine. Well, that's that what you see when it would be a common experience to suddenly want to talk to your family more or suddenly right. want to pray more. You know I mean? Lots of good things. What were you saying? You, know, you see that with people who have near death experiences or they have, uh, you know, terminal illness. Like when they're, they're people who are actually confronted with death, they, they change a bit, you know, it, it changes you. It changes your outlook at some people. It changes it for the negative, you know, some it changes it massively for the positive. But when you're confronted with death, it has an effect with, you know, and if, if we're actively shying away from it or we're not confronted by it, then it's going to have really no effect to the point to where we might not even think about it. That's why, that's why we have, a bunch of people running around thinking they're invincible, you know, that they're never going to die because they aren't, they don't have to think about it. Right. Right. And, um, you know, our minds are made for truth. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the, one of the aspects of even just basic mental hygiene, mental health is, you know, understanding the truth. And so, you know, contemplating a a specific truth is, is a good thing, you know, and avoiding it altogether is, is not so much a good thing. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of a, a neat thing. Um, The other memento mori, there's actually a a memento mori that people always forget is, is literally clerical. So like the priests wear black to remind us of our death. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's because it, People may not know this, but medieval Christendom all throughout Europe was very vibrantly colored. Um, it was not, you kind of picture it almost Wizard of Oz with like medieval and then the Renaissance. Yeah. Everything was black and white and then suddenly it was all in color. But actually it was very vibrant and that was something that the, the Christians just sort of did. They just kind of found things and if it wasn't moving, they made it, you know, beautiful and put a pattern on it or something. So there were colors everywhere and then you had these priests uh, in black and they were kind of a reminder, Hey, you know, you know, we're meant, we were meant to have sort of a, a natural happiness on this, in this life, but you've got to keep that in conformity with what's coming. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's a, a good overview and, and other ones I'm trying to remember. I mean, obviously the mass, you know, in my parish, um, I don't know if it's every week or if it's just, if I just happen to be, you know, lucky with hitting it, but they do actually a requiem daily mass. Oh wow! Where it's, you know, it's it's the requiem mass, kind of what you would have if you died. Um, but it's a, a daily mass, so it's for whoever it's for. It can be for you know family members of the parish or or what have you. But it's you know the priest is in black vestments, and it's you know the 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 rite of the mass is tailored towards that. So certain things are are different because it's, you know, it's asking God to intercede for, for, or, you know, what's well, interceding for that person asking God to, you know, 
mitigate their punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I can't really remember other uh, Mento Moris, but I mean bullfighting, I guess. Did other... you did we say what Memento Mori means? Yeah, well, I think, but just to remind everyone, it, it's a reminder of, of death. Yeah, kind it's of a... translated, remember that you have to die. Yes. And, you know, so that's where I think maybe the mechanics are good, too, that we can talk about. So death is actually completely unnatural. It was part of the design. Right. The The understanding has always been that man would have lived a time on Earth and then would have gone to be in the beatific vision, uh, you know, at some later point. Mm-hmm. And death only entered humanity as a result of the of fall. sin and the fall sure. of man. Right. And so at that point, death became necessary, but also, you know, a, a way to, to allow man to, you know, eventually be reunited with God. It was sort of a necessary piece right um so what happens in death because this is always confusing is so i guess looking at what is man man is a composite being right so god's a simple being there's just god there's not parts man is a composite of um body matter and and form yeah yeah so um the matter is of course your body that you can see your brain Mm -hmm. your you know everything that you can see about you And then what uh, the church has defined dogmatically is that the form, the substantial form of man is the soul. So that's sort of the animating principle. That's it's the soul that sort of instructs all of the, you know, all of the material that makes makes up your body. It's your soul that that kind of directs that. And is it Um, the yeah, the body conforms to the operations of the soul and. Yeah. So, and just as a side note, when people say that we are made in the image and likeness of God, they are talking about the soul. They're not talking about the body. Yes, primarily. Well, right. primarily. So right. the, the distinction there is that, you know, our bodies exist. And so that's sort of like even rocks, you know, they, they, um, they share, they sort of relate to God, but right. And in, in the fact the that, to God. right. In the fact that God holds everything in existence. Yes. Um, and so that's, you know, as you kind of move from inanimate objects to plants, to animals, to man, you kind of move closer in, uh, in similarity. So it's only man that's properly, um, image and likeness of Mm -hmm. God. And like you said, that's primarily the soul and the soul does not, it's not matter. And that's really important because people will talk about, um, you know, your soul is somehow in your brain or, you know, it's your, I mean, a lot of times it's depicted artistically as your heart, but again, you know, that's, that's, that's artistic um, right. and it's so, helpful, right. but it's this, not reality. It's yeah. It animates the body. It, it is what brings the body to life essentially. Right. Is that a good way of describing it? You're better at describing things than I am, but. Well, yeah, I think, I mean, it, it is. So that's the thing. So the body and the soul together, that's properly man. And it, mm-hmm. you know, that's, I kind of think of it as like, you know, your cells and all this stuff. It's like your soul is what tells them to be yourselves. Right. Um, but again, it, it doesn't, your soul itself has nothing in common with space. It doesn't occupy space. Mm-hmm. It's, 
you know, the way that it encounters space is because it's united to your body. And it's, I think it's fascinating, you know, if you are seeing something, you know, all of the stuff is happening with your optic nerves and your eyes and this and that. And then somehow that information is being transmitted to your soul. Um, you know, I, I just think that that's fascinating. Hmm. And I'll, you'll sometimes hear people say, well, you don't have a soul. Your body, your soul has a body. And that's, that's interesting. I think that's a good way to look at the importance of the soul. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you, your body is you. Um, that's one of the reasons that Christians have always buried the dead, their dead and not, uh, you know, toasted them up and put them in a vase. Yeah. I understand it's, it's like technically allowed, but it, it, again, the reason that we don't do that is because that body, even when you're dead, that's still you. Uh -huh. Um, I mean, and if it does, you know, God can bring it back together at the end, yada, yada, don't send us hate mail on this. But, um, one of the reasons we don't, you know, it's part of the understanding of you are body and soul. So death is simply the separation of body and the soul. And so because man is a composite being made up of body and soul, this separation is completely unnatural and is not a, it's not the intended state for man. So it is also temporary in that sense. Okay. But, um, so when you die, yes, your body's left behind. That's one of the reasons also your body starts to decay is because it no longer has its animating principle. Okay. And so that's, right. that's why death means, you know, cold gray. Um, if your body is continuing to, you know, produce waste, if you're, if you're breathing, if you are still, you know, producing heat, all of those things are evidence that there, there is still a, animated principle contained there's still a soul mm -hmm. and you have not died right um very important that people understand this because weird ideas out there about what death really means i i so, sorry you cut out on that part oh um it's just important to understand that because there's a lot of of strange ideas about what death means mm -hmm. um and it, it if if any of those things I mentioned are happening, there's still a soul. And I mean, unless I guess it's being done by machines, but, um, you know, completely. And it's, you know, it's somehow, but a lot of that stuff just can't, you know, if, if the body is naturally producing heat, it's cause there's a soul. Mm -hmm. Um, so yes, so this happens. And interestingly, in a lot of books that deal on this topic, they describe the process as painful, either from apparitions of people who have died or mm -hmm. people who have been, you know, raised from the dead. They said the process of the soul being um, separated from the body is a very painful thing because it's, you know, you're just kind of like ripping apart these two elements of man that are, you know, completely united up until that point. Right. Which would make sense because if it's, if death is something that is not natural, then it would have to, you know, it would have to hurt in some way because if, if this was a completely natural thing that we were always meant to do, it would just kind of be like a shepherding from this stage to the next. But since it, right. Since it is not necessarily like a, it's, it's not like a put coins on your eyes and send them into the ocean to pay the, the ferry. 
ferried to the next yeah. life, right? So it's it it is kind of a since it since it is part of the fall, it would just make complete sense that it would have to that there would be some pain and some pain of death. Yes, and you know it's it's a purifying pain, and you have to mm-hmm. kind of think, you know, God Himself did this, and this kind of throws back to last week when we talked about um, Mary as, as Mother of God. We said, you know, God was born, and it, you know, that's why Mary's Mother of God because it wasn't just His body, mm-hmm. and then God died, and it wasn't just His body, you know, right. on the cross in the womb, God, and that's where people are confused, like, well, how could God die? And I heard someone said that um, this past week, I heard that, I guess that's a thing in within certain groups, uh, schools of like Islam, that they, they particularly find the idea of the crucifixion offensive mm-hmm. because of the suggestion that God could die. Um, so it's important to know that death, it doesn't mean that God ceased to exist right. on the cross. It means that, you know, in Jesus Christ, um, the soul that he had was separated from his body. And so then you have, because of the hypostatic union, which is a $5 word for Jesus being God and man, Yeah. in the soul you had humanity and divinity, and that descended into hell, as we say in the creed. Mm-hmm. And then in the body you continued to have humanity and divinity, and that was placed in the arms of Mary and then laid in the tomb. Um, so... That's also something that I didn't know until it was pointed out. Yes, his divinity remained united to his humanity, even as the soul was separated from the body. So in the tomb, God and man, and then you know, in when he went down to limbo, the fathers, mm-hmm. God and man. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, good to have definitions clear, just so that you can kind of not fall into these weird traps of how could God die, or you know. Yeah, well, he had if if he came to basically, uh, what's the what's the word? I'm I'm losing the words again. But the, if he came to show us the way, yeah. Well, he, the reason he had to come, you know, take take on human form, and uh, is because the, there had to be a purification of all that we all that we destroyed, so we can basically have that savior so if he would have to take on death too to basically overcome death to show that we right redeem we, it yeah that redeem there you go yes and so that's the thing you know uh, god did it and he did it because he loves us and we love him and so we we accept that we have to do it mm-hmm. um and you know that's that's the thing um obviously we know that we continue to exist forever mm-hmm. so um our current situation before you know having not died yet that is um that's temporary and then actually the death thing is somewhat temporary because the like we've mentioned the soul and the body are not meant to be separated and so at the end of history when we close the book on time right. um, everybody gets their body back so this is called the general resurrection, but basically your body comes and joins you. So whether mm-hmm. you're, um, if you're in heaven enjoying your eternal reward, your body will now be united to your soul and will participate in that reward. And, mm-hmm. um, that's what 
Um, what I kind of heard a theologian say is that that's, that's when heaven will properly be a place because there will now be you know, bodies there. Right, will, right. Um, everyone will have their body with them. And then, um, or if, you know, if you have not made the list and you are in hell, um, your body will come join you there for your, and it will now participate physically in your eternal torment. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, don't worry, you will get your body back. You don't worry, wherever, wherever you are, you will get it back. Yes. Yes. And I mean, I, and obviously in the, in heaven you get, you have a glorified body. So, um, you know, it's not like you have to start working out so that you look good in heaven. You'll have your best, you'll be your best self in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll be you, you'll be body and soul back together. Right. Um, well, that's a good point because the resurrection happened. Our Lord, you know, his soul was reunited to his body and he ascended into heaven with his body. So that, you know, if you had, if you shook his hand at some point when he was alive, that hand is, is there. And that's one of the reasons that man can now enter heaven is because God's there. And then of course, Mary being assumed bodily into heaven, you know, she was lifted by her son into heaven with her body. So she's got her body and that's sort of a foretaste of what all of us will have, mm-hmm. um, praying that we all make it to heaven. But that's where we'll be. We'll have our body and soul with us too, eventually. But she got the first fruits of that because one, she never sinned, and two, uh, she's the leader's mom. So moms get moms get it special like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, are you excited? Are you read? Not ready, but are you? Uh, you ready to think about your death a little bit each day? Well, if if I say right here that I think about death all the time, that makes me sound real weird. So I don't know if I want to go that far. But That's true. It, it's a good weird, though. Like, as you think about it, certain things change. Mm-hmm. And you think about, you know, well, we, we accept this because God did it. We love God. And this, we, you know, reach our eternal um, place with him. And we, you know, you, it, it doesn't have the sting, you know, once you start to look at it from that perspective. And that's, I think maybe another reason to consider it is um, that it, it makes it less scary. Mm-hmm. And you, you start to just, you know, the, there's the prayer of you know resignation where you just say, you know, God, at this very moment, I accept whatever death um, you send me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, it's, you know, because it's coming. It's coming. So you they, you really can't fight it. So you might as well be like one of the, not saying we're all going to get martyred, but one of the martyrs that was singing on the way to their death. Yes. Yeah. Three young men. That's a, uh, that's when you have to, that's a common prayer for aftermath. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you know it's the month of Saint Joseph, and Saint Joseph is the the saint of the happy death. You know, because tradition tells us that you know he died in the presence of our Lord and Our Lady, and there's you know really nothing more that we could ask for than that. Um, and so you know you ask him to arrange for you a happy death, but mm-hmm. realistically, if you stay prayed up and stay confessed and you know stay ready, you can have a happy death regardless of the physical realities of what that 
look like, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. What is it like? You want to want to go peacefully in your sleep, like like grandfather not screaming like the passengers in his car, <laughs> or whatever. However, the joke goes. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it it can come a variety of ways. There's that weird show that does all these different freaky ways to die. I watched it once, but anyway, any of those could be a happy death from a supernatural standpoint. Um, so there long isn't as like you're five hundred ways to die or something. Yeah, I think so. It's creepy. Uh, just, I mean, just the the way that these people go. Um, that's everyone's homework. Actually, I have no idea if the show uses bad words and stuff, so maybe we'll, we won't recommend it. But talk to a spiritual director. Yeah. Um, I think the. But yeah, so what? I was going to say the the main point of all this is get to confession and be ready. That's that's what I that's what I'm taking away from this. Right, because if you're in the state of grace, if you have sanctifying grace, you know, in your soul, mm-hmm. then you'll when you die, you'll make it to heaven. And it, it doesn't. Yes, you may have to take a stop in purgatory, but that's temporary, and eventually you'll be in heaven, you know, safe and sound. And so that's why you, you know you want to be in the state of sanctifying grace, you know. First, by being baptized, and then, um, you know, staying out of mortal sin and, and getting getting to the old the sin bin as soon as you <laughs> uh, discern that you maybe have committed a mortal sin, right? Um, or before, so that you you don't fall into mortal sin, uh, jump into the line and and pay a visit uh, before you, yeah, fall for to a sin. That's what our our priest always said go before you have to go so you never have to go oh okay yeah I like um that. so you know that i think so we're kicking off this kind of four last things series the first one is death followed by judgment hell heaven um it's it's highly encouraged by the church throughout really all of history to to reflect on on these things regularly and that's why you know we thought we'd do a pod on these um We'll talk more about it, but there's a book put out by Tan. Mm-hmm. It's this little tiny classic called The Four Last Things, literally. Death, Judgment, Hell, Heaven. It's written by Father Martin Vaughn. Um, looks like Cochum. Yeah. OCFC. And it just kind of breaks it down, um, gives little things, and it, it gives you something to reflect on. And, you know, imagine if you're able to reflect on 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 the four last things before bed, how peacefully you'll sleep having done that because what else, what else is there? What do you have to be afraid of at that point? You know, I, you, you, I don't know. Te- uh, bears. Yeah. Or Ted talks. I'm, I really don't like, seeing Ted, Ted talks, Ted talks. So. you don't, um, you don't like overly energetic people talking about things you don't actually care about. Um, Yes, exactly. You'll watch them and you'll be so pumped for that thing and you'll be like, wait, this is dumb. Why were they so excited about this? This doesn't work at all. Uh, Let me tell you about how I was able to, I don't know, I couldn't even come up with anything. Right. That's that's what scares um, me, Zach, not being able to finish a terrible joke. That's what keeps me up at night. Dun, dun, dun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, hopefully... I don't know. 
I don't know how much you have to have done. Do you have to have won an Academy Award to make it into the uh, the little slideshow they do of everyone who died that year? I don't think you have to. I think you just have to have some notoriety. Okay, so our listeners, you've got to get us notorious. Just mm-hmm. kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, we're when we we decided when we want to do controversy, we'll we'll start picking fights with, you know, catching boxes or something. Oh man, we are going to pick so many fights. It's going to be great. The Catholic Hipster Podcast. There's a lot of them out there. That Catholic couple. I don't mm-hmm. want to pick a fight with them. They, I feel like they would win in a fight. No, like, and they were a like physical they fight were... or an intellectual fight. <laughs> And they were one of the first people to talk about how the great Zach Mabry now had a podcast. So we they're they're forever in they the hearts did? of Roman circles. Yeah, remember we we talked about that. Oh, didn't we? Well, I, they they did say they did say very nice things about me, um, and it it like it just wrecked my humility for that day. But <laughs> I I didn't remember specifically it was a podcast. I just remember thinking like, wow, this is so much. They clearly never met me because. Nobody that's met me would say something so nice. But, uh, yeah, no, they're fun. They're cool. And they're also, actually, if you listen to their content, it's really good. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, physically, I think they could they could take us down. But then intellectually, I think maybe too. So. Yeah, well, there's a, I feel like that's not a giant accomplishment. I can't even think of words half the time I'm trying to say. It's tough. It's tough. I don't know. Like, I haven't been on Twitter for Lent, but I, I forgot about times when I'll, like, I'll have just this great tweet in my head, like, the idea, but then I don't have the words, and I'll just sit there being like, I've got to get this out. It's going to be so funny. But I I can't, like, and I, I just sit there, like, typing and raising time. I'm like, this isn't, this isn't a sentence. This isn't a sentence. It's, uh, yeah, that's. That's what's going on in my head if you see me staring into my phone. Just just I'm send it on over and I'll it. post it for you. I know. I've sent you a few things and been like, will you tweet this? And somebody was like, I saw some tweets that I'm pretty sure were not Matt. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, cause they well, didn't, which ones were they? they didn't involve just absolute drivel. I don't know. I, I've like seen some things on there that are pretty funny. but um, From me? I try to go on Sundays. Yeah, well, I try yeah, to go on that, Sundays and read what I missed that whole week. Yeah, but that's the point is they could tell it was me because it wasn't like, didn't provide any substance. It just was like I flung a bunch of letters into the world that is that's true. Twitter. Then I jumped in that one time and tweeted that list of all the best papal documents to read during Lent. Oh, yeah. But great. I'm also going to do it again for Easter and be like, Papal documents, they're just really good ones, people. You'll read them and you'll be like, yes, yes, because yes, they're talking all about, you know, what's going on in the world. And you're like, they're just clear. Find mm-hmm. that one and retweet that one when we post this episode. I will. Um, I like the self-retweet feature. I don't care if it's um, a bit self uh, think It's nice to be able to, like, recall a tweet and be like, hey this point still valid um mm-hmm. the only time so, i ever did doesn't that doesn't that sound better than listening to to uh us ramble about our tweeting habits the audience is like sign me up mm-hmm. i'll take two mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so what uh what else do you have to say you have any parting words do you have any yeah parting words on death do you have any oh, um, dying yeah, so words if I, 
Yeah, it's really important. Um, well, actually, hold on. Before we get to this, okay. there's this thing, and I really think that it's uh, it's a bigger deal than maybe people realize. But there's this common statement people will make when someone dies where they'll say, oh, now she's an angel in heaven. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. And Well, now is also not the time to, to be ignorant of the faith. Like, a right. lot of people love to point out that, oh, this and that and Christianity and the church and all this stuff. Well, you know, the main people who are persecuting Christianity are are Christians, including myself, who are not learning their faith as much as they should be. And so now is not the time to not understand that a person, a human person, doesn't become an angel when they die. Right. And that can angels seem like are angels. petty to, right? Like it can seem petty to bring up, but you kind of need to know the faith. Like maybe when everybody in the Western world was, you know, devoutly Christian or whatever, you could, you know, you could flub a few points. But it's a really good time to know the faith. And yes, yeah, so now you'll be a human person here, there, and everywhere. And if you're an angelic person and listening to the podcast, good for you. Um, you'll always be an angelic person, but you don't become an angel when you die. That just isn't really uh, a thing. You continue to be a human person, and that's what's so cool about heaven is that you get to go there as a human. Right. You don't have to be an angels. Humans need not... Uh, no, that doesn't become a thing. So you can still be a human in heaven. How about that? Well, yeah, um, I mean, you are, you are a human heaven. in heaven. I'm con- I'm con- yes. I'm confused on what the sticky wicket is. I mean, it's just kind of a trite, like hallmark thing. Oh yeah, but we've got to. I mean, it just isn't the time for that kind of stuff. When you know, I mean, I think it's not my assessment. It's sort of a wide assessment that you know people are abandoning the faith. In certain certain parts of the world, Christians are being you know physically persecuted right so instead of yeah, saying yeah, you gotta know the faith so instead of saying there's another angel in heaven you can say hopefully there's another human in heaven yeah or i mean you know my uh you know great great uncle has died please pray for the repose of his soul right um and so that's the other thing if i die I need all of you to be a witness to how just awful I was. And all of you have to pray for me constantly. None of this, you know, now he's in heaven, but I'm going to need a lot of help to get out of purgatory if I even make it in. So that's important. Yeah. I'm going to put a list of things under my laptop to just encourage you to be praying for me. These are things that happened. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah. Another thing is to pray for your relatives. I, I had a mass said for grandfather a few years ago. He died before I was born. He actually died in the eighties. And oh, the eighties! Um, what was that like, Zach? It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it was super. Cra- I don't remember any of it. I was born in the nineties. Um, so anyway, but it was actually uh, taken somewhat offensively by my family that I had a mass said for my grandfather because they said, "Do you?" Do you really think that he didn't just go straight to heaven or do you really think he's still in purgatory, you know, 30 years later? Yeah. 
And I was like, well, I mean, I don't know. He hasn't come and visited me as an apparition. Right. And so I'm assuming that if he is in purgatory, he really appreciates the boost. So, right. And, you know, I mean, also, you know, being that God is outside of space and time and heaven and hell and purgatory are also outside of space and time that the prayers now can basically can, I guess retroactively is the wrong word because that puts something in time, but prayers now work for those in purgatory. And if, and if they're not in purgatory, don't those prayers just kind of get diverted to those who need it? Yeah, they're not wasted. There are no wasted right. prayers. Um, also, people in purgatory can pray for you, and oh, so yeah. can people in heaven. So you want them, you want them on your team. Oh yeah, if you um, if you pray for people in purgatory, and once they're in heaven, and if you're lucky enough to get there, man, imagine like the high fives going around, like everyone just high fiving each other, thanking them for praying for each other. So many high fives. I know it. It uh, it definitely. Um, it definitely makes my uh, allergies act up when, when I'm reminded that yes, if, che- if you make it to heaven, chest bumps and everything. Yeah, if you you know if you make it to heaven, you're greeted by everybody who you helped get there too. Yeah. So if, if you played some kind of role in that, they're there to meet you, mm-hmm. and you won't know. You I mean you know what what the priest who's explaining this said is you won't know that you even impacted them. You know, there could be your worst enemy or someone who hates you um, in, in this life. And right. then you find out, you know, that's just, I don't know, it's a cool thing to think about. I guess, you know, you have to die before you find out who you helped get to heaven. So sure, there's a, a, a point of reflection. But also um, I would like to make a statement that we will be discussing this in a few episodes, so we might as well not necessarily That's right. We're talk not gonna, about it now. Yeah, spoiler alert. Um, that was like the uh, yes. That was like at the end of TV shows when they show you scenes from our next episode. That's what we were just yeah. doing, like ne- next week on Roman Circus, and then it, you know, like a mini clip show. Yeah, that's what we did. That's what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a neat. Uh, there's a neat sermon that I'll put, I'll send you the link to, to put in the notes, but it talks through, um, you know, so when you die, the idea is that you've, you know, been free from mortal sin and then you'll have sanctifying grace and you'll go to heaven. Um, but you know, what happens if, if, you know, if you or someone around you is, is dying and there's not a priest around for confession. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it talks through a, an, a perfect act of contrition, mm-hmm. um, which is, which will get you right into heaven, just like going to confession. Um, and it kind of, you know, you can't make one, you can only make one. It's only perfect if you did have the, you know, the practice, the intention of, of repentance, and then you, you happen to be caught on the wrong day. Um, is sort of the understanding. So you don't want to bank on this, right? Yeah. So like now, right now, you know, it's whatever time it is on a Wednesday, you know, get in your car in the morning, go to confession. Don't worry. But if you or someone around you is dying, it, it talks through 
how to make a perfect active, active contrition. It's just infinitely practical, and it, it's a neat. It's also just a neat, neat way to supplement your reflection on death. Is because it you know, talks you know, a lot about what to do. So we'll um, we'll share that. Nobody says it better than the priest that um, talks about it. It's from the website Veritas Caritas, and we'll have the link to the specific pod or the specific one um, in the show notes. It's worth a listen. As soon as you're done listening to this, listen to that. All right. That sounds that sounds pretty good to me. Cool. So no Saint of the Week or yes Saint of the Week? Well, I mean it was Saint Thomas Aquinas. We talked about it earlier. That's right. Saint Thomas Aquinas. Yep. The man himself. All right. Well, um, we hope that you guys tune in next week. But uh Zach. You know, Zach. if not, at least we warned you. What? Don't forget about the mini pod. Tell him to tune into that too. That's right. Okay. So tune in to our sideshow episode on Sunday. Oh, We're going yeah, to be talking about shows. making I mean it's corny, but I love it. No, I like um, it. Too. We're... Okay. Matt likes it. So we're talking about um, making a Thanksgiving after Holy Communion. And so this okay. is important. The practice of having communion weekly has become very widespread. And so it's really good to remember this if you're going to be communing. What? I was going to say that you should you should have cut it off there so we leave them hanging with something. That they come back and check it out. Well, we have a lot more to say, okay? So don't uh, don't miss it. It'll be live Sunday morning. All right. Well... Welcome back. Yes, good to be back, and we will be back next week to talk about judgment. Judgment, judgment. Okay. So, I don't I just kind of trailed off, so it'll be great. We're looking forward to it. Um, feel free to judge us five stars on iTunes in preparation for that episode.